Welcome to Video Store. My name is Sam Mulberry. Today we are talking about the 2017 film Lady Bird. So let's step into Barrett Fisher's Video Store. Barrett, how you doing? I'm doing great. Barrett, um, this is one of my absolute favorite movies. Um, so I'm always nervous when we do these on the podcast because I'm it's hard. They're harder to talk about because they're things that I feel more than think. So uh, I hope this goes well. I, I guess I will say that at the top. Uh, what's your history with this film? Do you remember? Uh, for one, did you see this in the theater? I assume you probably did because this is pretty recent. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did see it in the theater. Um, I I just loved it right away. Yeah, I just uh, it's one of those films just kind of it kind of grabs you for a, a lot of a lot of reasons. So yeah. Did you have any history with? Gerwig before this. I mean, this is her first, this is her solo directorial debut, but she was in, she's an actor, so she was in movies, but pretty small stuff uh, before this. Yeah. Um, I, I probably knew her from, uh, let me think now. Well, she was in Greenberg, although I didn't actually remember her being in Greenberg, but probably Frances Ha and Mistress America, both of which she co wrote with, uh, with Noah Baumbach. So that's primarily how I knew her. Yeah, I would say this is the first thing that I saw that she was attached to. She, it's, she's a name that I knew because, um, just sort of she, her name was sort of floating out there on you know different film podcasts that I watch. People who liked the movies that she was in, and so there was kind of this excitement about her getting to make a movie. Um, and then this this movie just landed really strong in. Um, I want to talk about generations a little bit uh, in, in a little bit, but I think w- with a particular generation of film goers, um, this movie hit hit really strong. But it actually uh, had a much broader appeal than I think even Gerwig expected. Um, this is not the first time we've talked about this movie on this podcast. I don't know if you remember this, but on our very first episode, we each talked about five movies that we loved. Uh, I went back and listened to that episode because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I talked about Lady Bird on that. And in fact, uh, in fact, we did. Um, so it's sort of fitting. I don't know if you know this, but this is our 150th movie that we've wow. talked about. Um, so and this is the last of the movies we mentioned we, we mentioned in that first episode on our list of 10 movies we love. This is our the last of those for us to cover. So it's very fitting that you put this at uh, at 150. Well, that's just serendipity, Sam. Just uh, so, yeah, I embrace that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Gerwig's obviously kind of uh, the filmmaker of the moment. Um, mm-hmm. First film directed by a woman to make over a billion dollars. Barbie is the uh, <laughs> world altering force. It seems like you know, in terms of uh, in terms of mo- in terms of bringing people to the movies. Um, you know, uh, back at the the end of July, we had the big Barbenheimer weekend where Gerwig and Nolan. It was interesting because they. It's not like they were even. F- it's like they were facing off because, no, no. but it, but it, but instead somehow it got framed around. Everybody needs to go to the movies twice this weekend. And everybody kind of did. Uh, yeah. Was, I mean, I, I was afraid when I saw that coming, I was afraid it was going to be, you know, one, one was going to be a winner and the other was going to be a loser because they, they appeal in some ways to such different audiences, you know? Um, although, I mean, they have a lot of a lot in common as being really smart filmmakers with great scripts but I thought, I mean, how in the world could people embrace both films? And yet, and yet they have. And uh, I saw an interview with Christopher Nolan where they asked him how he felt about opening on the same uh, the same weekend as as Barbie, and he just said no comment. Um, so it worked out fine, fine for both of them. But I think it's really interesting about one other thing in terms of background of Gerwig. Um, it's been interesting to watch the kind of the arc of her career because. She, I mean, now that she is, you know, a blockbuster director, it's interesting to note that she began in, in very small films. Um, she actually was a 
previously was a co-director and a co-writer of a film called Nights and Weekends, which I haven't seen. Also co-wrote something called Hannah Takes the Stairs. These are about 10, 15 years old. And that was part of what's uh, sometimes called the mumblecore movement. Um, the Duplass, Duplass brothers, Duplass brothers are probably most famous for that. Uh, the Puffy Chair is kind of a signature film in mumblecore. Um, and that's kind of, uh, kind of a naturalistic acting and dialogue. Sometimes it's semi-improvised, sort of low budget with an emphasis on dialogue over plot, which is probably the important thing because she writes such smart, uh, razor sharp dialogue. It's almost reminiscent of, um, uh, of screwball comedies in some ways. And then kind of a focus on the personal relationship of young adults, you know, people in their twenties and thirties. So it's interesting, she kind of starts there and then, you know, she slowly builds this momentum where she does more writing. She starts to do more, more directing the first time by herself with, um, with Lady Bird. So it's been interesting to kind of watch that arc of her career. Um, some people kind of stay in a particular uh, area and whereas she's kind of grown quite a bit. Well, it's interesting because I was listening to an interview she did, uh, a podcast interview with Sean Fennessy back in 2017 when Lady Bird was coming out. And one of the things she talked about was, as you mentioned, in like the Mumblecore movies, there there's a lot of improvisation in those. So a lot of the even the like screenwriting credit kind of goes to the cast because they which she talked about with this movie, like how sacred to her, like the words are. So she was like, this is not an improvised movie. This is a very written movie. Um, and, and, and so, you know, and she was saying like, that's, that's something that, that she cares a lot about. So this was in some ways a movement away from some of that a little bit to say like, this is, um, this is really important. Now, another interesting thing about her arc and thinking about Christopher Nolan, and this is not my, uh, I, I'm, I'm quoting somebody else here, but it, it is interesting if you think about Nolan's career, mm-hmm. he starts by making some smaller things, then he takes a big piece of intellectual property and makes all the money in the world. So he, you know, and, and that's kind of him leveling up then to be able to make what he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what Gerwig did with Barbie to say, okay, I'm going to make Lady Bird, which is this small, very personal movie that does really well that, you know, that could be her memento or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Then I'm going to do a, this literary adaptation, um, which if you haven't seen um, Her Little Women, it is amazing. I love that movie. Um, and then to say, okay, and now I'm going to take it. Cause I remember when, when, when I heard she was doing Barbie next, my heart kind of sank and I was like, yeah. Really? That's what you want to do? And then and then I took a step back and said, but this person made Lady Bird and Little Women, so maybe she knows something I don't. And it turns out she like had a take on that, but she took something that that exists that that previously existed, a piece of intellectual property, and then blew that up into something. And now it sort of feels like she can do anything now. Like like she has a, a blank check now, you know, um to to kind of make whatever she wants to make, I think. And it's going to be Chronicles of Narnia. So. Yeah, which is fascinating to think which is about. Really interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, one of the things that that I find interesting about this movie is thinking about it generationally a little bit, because Gerwig, maybe along with Jordan Peele, are, are the mm. major voices of millennial filmmakers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like when when either of them come out with a movie, it's a big deal, um, and they're probably the big names um of that uh of that generation so she was born in 1983 so she just turned 40 i think at the end of july or the beginning of august um so when i think about this movie like i am i i I do not identify as a millennial i'm a very late gen xer but i'm only about six years apart from gerwig so 
Um, there's probably a little bit of of elder millennial in me that I don't that I don't recognize. But this movie makes me feel that so much more. I feel like I share something culturally with Gerwig and kind of with Lady Bird, although Lady Bird's a little younger than Gerwig uh, mm-hmm. you know, by, by a year or two. Um, but this movie has lots of specifics in it. Um, I've never been to Sacramento, but I'm trusting when I've heard Gerwig talk about it, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of Sacramento in this movie. Um, and and there's, there's moments where you can kind of tell, like there are mm-hmm. moments where like, uh, towards the end, I think it's after graduation when her and her mother aren't talking, where they just cut to like all of these like signs and restaurants and things like this. Like they, it's like they, they, you see the 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 like neon sign for the ice cream shop and this other thing, and it's like at one level I look at that and it's like, well, those those are cool looking transition shots, but it's like I bet if you're from Sacramento, you're like, oh, that's gunther's ice cream shop that means so it has a lot of like sacramento specifics but then it also has um very specific time um uh period specifics so for example the uh the use of the dave matthews song in this movie is really 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 significant because by 2003 dave matthews was not a cool artist to like i mean in in you know maybe 94 95 you know he was kind of ubiquitous you know, in the, in the late nineties, but by 2003, the, um, the Kyle character, who's like, Oh, I hate this song. It's like, that's actually what culturally pop culturally you were supposed to feel. So it's very significant that she has this moment of saying, I love this song. And that that becomes this like turning point moment. Um, and, and I, I heard in, in this interview with Gerwig, she talked about that of like, um, how kind of late X or early millennials have this, strange relationship to pop culture um where they uh <laughs> like the pop they, they 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 mine the pop culture that came before them and like it ironically so like yacht rock from the 80s or things like that or from the 70s and 80s things like that but then she said but why can't we do that with the stuff from our own childhood why can't we see the good in that stuff um and so that so that's why that was really uh really significant to her um and I remember, I mean, honestly, around that same time in my own life, I was older than Lady Bird, having this this realization of, oh, I'm allowed to just like the things I like, and I'm also allowed to not like things, even though I feel like I'm supposed to. Like if, in in, uh, in graduate school, I wrote a lot of uh, lots of papers on jazz. I don't particularly <laughs> like jazz music, but I really tried for a long time, and I mean, and and I, I I academically and intellectually like it, but I had this realization around 2003 where it's like, you know what? it's okay if I don't, if this isn't the music I want to sit and listen to. And, but, but I had felt up to that point, this sort of pressure to do that. So that scene lands very hard for me when she comes to that realization in the car of like, I'm actually not going to pretend this. So I'm curious, does this movie, I mean, it has all these specifics. Does this movie read universal? Does it read specific? Does it read both to you? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So, you know, one thing I want to say, Sam, since you brought up the Sacramento connection, and I think you were implying this, but, you know, the movie is like Wanda, um, to connect it back to that film. The movie is semi-autobiographical. I mean, this is where Gerwig grew up. Um, she goes to the East Coast to go to college. And so there's a there's a certain amount of, um, of uh, Lady Bird in her. And so, yes, I mean, I, th- I think any 
I guess, you know, you and I have discussed this before. I think any work of art in order to be, quote, universal also has to be specific, right? You get at the universal through the specific. So I would say, okay, on the one hand, what's universal about the film? Well, it's about being a teenager. It's about, it's about going through that crisis of identity, of trying to figure out how do I deal with my parents? How do I deal with my friends? How do I deal with the future? How do I deal with my body? How do I deal with hormones? I mean, all those things that you have to deal with when you go through the, I mean, that's a universal ex experience, right? But every individual has a different experience uh, of navigating that. Um, and the other way in which I could say it's both universal and specific is, well, it's a teen comedy. You know, genre-wise, basically, it's a teen comedy. It's a coming-of-age teen film. So we've seen that everybody from John Hughes to you know the recent uh, it's it, it, it's me, God, you know, Margaret, mm -hmm. it's me, God. Um, you know, so it's universal in that sense. But then, of course, what she does within that genre. So that's that's you know, what does she do that you expect out of a teen comedy? What does she do that you don't expect? And so I think that's one of the ways in which the film is really. Um, really speaks to people, whether they've grown up in Sacramento or not. And it also has that universal appeal of growing up in the small town or the large city, whatever it is, that you think you hate, but it may turn out you actually love. And um, the film does, I mean, the film does a great job of, of doing that. And I think what's really, really interesting about this film is the way that it does center on that mother-daughter relationship um, in a way that a lot of teen comedies really don't. Often the parents are kind of marginal characters. And I think the way that Gerwig plays with both the father and, of course, especially the mother, uh, in tension with the relationship with the friends, I think she pulls that off in a really, really amazing way. Yeah, no, I, I was I was actually uh, interested in thinking about, like when I first saw this in 2017, I really resonated with, Lady Bird as a character in lots and lots of ways. Um, watching this six years later, um, I still did because I there. I think um, in any in any good story, you find things in characters where you feel like, oh, this like I remember feeling like, especially in a coming of age story, for that to land, it's like I remember that feeling, even mm -hmm. if it's. I mean, Lady Bird's very different than me in lots and lots of ways, but there's moments where she'll express something or another character will express something. And you're like, wow, I exactly remember that feeling. It was interesting this time around, though, how much more I was watching Tracy Letts and Laurie Metcalf. Um, yeah. Now, I will say, and this is another serendipitous thing. Uh, you don't know this, but you know what happened to me this week? My son moved into college this week. So this was a very interesting movie to watch. Yeah. Now, my son didn't move across the country. He moved a couple hundred yards from where we live, but it's still like he is, does not live in our house now. Um, so this movie hit in a different kind of way, and I found myself watching um, watching those characters and, and thinking about this story from a different lens. So it was interesting how well Gerwig does that, that this is, this is a high school comedy drama, teen comedy drama, but 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 like you said, the parents are so forward in it as well, and especially the mother is so forward in it as well. Well, it hit me in in I, I, I don't know if I want to call it the opposite way, but a complimentary way. Um, our daughter, who is uh, quite a bit older than, than Lady Bird, um, has moved into our house because uh, she sold her house. And um, over the last couple of years, there's been certain dynamics in her relationship with my wife 
that um, made watching this film quite different for me than it was in 2017, I have to say. So that, that resonated for me in ways that were maybe a little uncomfortable, uh, but definitely, uh, de definitely influenced the way I res responded to the film this time around. Yeah, I will also say watching uh, uh, Larry McPherson, I just realized like, oh, and I and I feel really happy and uncomfortable about this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm not used to seeing myself on screen that much. It's like, that's the kind of parent I am, you know, and I just, and I, and, and I saw all the shortcomings of that and I thought, Ooh, that's not great. But it's also like, he's also great, but there's, a, but I could see the good and the bad in his parenting. And I was like, man, I feel represented there. And I don't know how I feel about it. Well, that's true for me too, Sam, because that's exactly the di dynamic we have with, with my daughter that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of the Tracy Letts character and, my wife is sort of the sort of, sort of Laurie Metcalf. <laughs> um, so you you hinted at this, but this is a great movie about coming to terms with sort of the complicated relationship we have with where we come from. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking where we come from broadly, that's geographically where we come from, culturally where we come from, and familially where we come from. Um, so I love, I love the line that the, the, the sort of epigraph at the beginning of this, the Joan Didion quote, um, anyone who talks about California hedonism has never spent a Christmas in Sacramento. <laughs> What's great about that line is you don't have to have ever been to Sacramento to be like, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I and, and, and Lady Bird's version of that, which actually hits me a little bit harder is when she says Sacramento is the Midwest of California. And from somebody who comes from the Midwest of the Midwest, it's like, oh yeah, I I, I get what you uh, I, I I sort of get what you're what you're saying there. I mean, it it is this sort of, um, you know, I, I obviously didn't grow up in a place as big as Sacramento, but I did grow up in a place where I was like, I remember going to college thinking I want to sort of shake the dust of this old town off my off my sandals and and move on to something else, and I really don't want to live there anymore um you know i i i love my hometown but it was a place that i wanted to get out of um and so so i think that's another another place where i kind of resonated with that but then it's interesting how much as you say uh as you get distance from that place you came from from that culture you came from that from that family you came from you come to appreciate it mm -hmm. right so like uh, it's interesting halfway th it's uh, it's a little bit more than halfway through but it's a lot earlier than I thought you get the hammer line of this movie from from the nun who says who's reading the college essay I that feels like that should be like the line at the end of the movie you know but it comes it comes earlier than I thought where she's like you know I can tell from your essay how much mm -hmm. you love Sacramento which is interesting because the whole movie all Lady Bird has been telling us is how much she hates it right right you know, and then and then and Lady Bird's response is, well, I guess I pay attention. And the nun says, well, aren't they the same thing? Love and paying attention. Yeah. Which which, of course, then is a way of commenting on Lady Bird's relationship with her with her mother, because mm -hmm. her mother pays attention. Um, and, and, and I think that's that's one of the ways that Lady Bird begins to realize that that is a way of expressing love, even if that attention isn't isn't always what she wants. Right. And and it also makes me think about um there's a great scene when they're when they're 
shopping for prom dresses mm-hmm. and they make that distinction about love and liking yes and and it's interesting because you think well obviously love is is stronger than liking but that scene makes you think like it's mm-hmm. important to like the person too you know mm-hmm. so like 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 i would say there's a degree to which ladybird loves sacramento but she might not like it yes. right you know yeah. and um and 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 i think pairing those two scenes together are pretty fascinating to think about like um you know those a way to think about a complicated relationship that that you have with a place or a person. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that scene also illustrates, you know, her dad offers the comment towards the end that, you know, both you and your mother are such strong personalities, you know, and in that scene with, I mean, the dress scene is one of my favorite scenes in the film because it resonates in so many directions. And, you know, the, the her mother is not going to, say, I like you just so Lady Bird will feel better about herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, they both have that strong sense of, in, of integrity, right? That they're going to they're gonna say what they really believe, but even if they know the other person might not might not like it. But there, there's another dress scene, though, that I love. Maybe mm-hmm. it's earlier in the scene, right? Where, it's a, it, no, I mean, it's the Thanksgiving dress is the other no, scene. But I, no, but I'm, th- but I'm thinking about another scene. I'm, I'm thinking about, yeah, it, this, the, they're, they're shopping and they're going at each other hammer and tongs. And her mother's saying, stop shouting at me. And Lady Bird says, I'm not shouting. And her mother holds up the dress. Lady Bird says, oh, I love it. Yep. And they both yeah. instantly switch. They both instantly switch off. And it's, you know, you get that in the opening, right? They're both crying over the end of Grapes of Wrath. And the next thing you know, they're going at each other. And her mother's telling her she's worthless. And Lady Bird ends up jumping out of the car. So I just, I mean, to me, that is so, that is so true to those fraught family relationships where you love each other, but there's a lot of times when you don't really like each other and you, and you've got to kind of navigate that. You know, there's, there's another thing in that um, Thanksgiving dress scene, the, the, the earlier one you were talking yeah. about where she pulls it out that also struck me as so real. And it's, 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 it's one of those things that I am not capable of, but I know, but my wife is, for example, like if she and I are like really intensely arguing about something, somebody else can walk by and she can just be so normal with them. When the woman walks by and is like, they're talking about the baby, like there are, they're in the middle of an argument and she's like, Oh, I want to see pain. It's like, yes. how can you do that. How can you like in this moment, is this not the most intense real thing? And then she can just be this other person to this other. And, and, and partially it's like, Oh, I want, I want to be with that person. I want to be with the person who's like warm and open to that. It's like, why, why are we arguing like that is, it's a very strange thing to try to write mm. and to try to perform. And it's so well-written and so well-performed. Laurie Metcalf is amazing in this movie. Um, and, and, and that, that, that's an example of one of those moments where emotions flip and change. And this movie does that so much where you don't know where a scene is. Whenever it's Lady Bird and her mom, you can't tell where the scene's going because you've seen them flip on a dime so quickly there the nature of that conversation or that relationship so it it feels like there's a potential tension in any time they're together even when it doesn't go badly yeah well and and and, and i and i want to then connect lady bird back to our film from last week vagabond and in in that both lady bird and her mom can be hard characters to like and 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 yet there are moments and i want to go all the way back to what you were saying earlier about the dave matthews song I think there are moments like that that help you like these characters. So, you know, not only does Lady Bird admit or, or declare that she likes Crash Into Me, but she 
there's no irony about her. Mm -hmm. You know, she could have a really ironic perspective like Kyle does on, or just reject the music, but, but she, but you know, so one thing I think you like about this character is whatever she's saying or feeling, she does it really genuinely. And so I think that helps you be attracted to the character and her mom. I mean, I think you see her mom as somebody who is really struggling. Um, And there's a whole area of this film that deals with, you know, class, class pressures, economic pressures. And you see that reflected in the mother. She's trying to hold everything together. And so even when you feel like you're being a little hard on Lady Bird, you can also sympathize with why, why Lady Bird is hard for her to to deal with. Yeah. I mean, I I love the scene where they're, um, it's it's just it's it, you you like you need the build up to set it up but it's like after ladybird's first kiss with danny yeah. she comes home and she's so like elated right she is in in this like state of elation and she walks into her parents talking about her father losing her losing his job her mother follows her into the room yeah. talks about the clothes makes a really poignant argument about why taking care of your clothes matters and ladybird makes another argument saying like don't you weren't weren't you ever a kid didn't you ever once like not put your things away and didn't you want your mother to not yell at you and her mom says my mother was an angry alcoholic yes. <laughs> and it was like oh okay uh and and you just you just feel like all like there's so much going on there and and you look at that scene and you're like i kind of agree with lady bird but i kind of agree with her mom and and i think about what her mom has not only has to deal with now, but clearly what she has had to deal with her entire life, mm-hmm. you know, or, and, 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 and there, there's all these little, I mean, think about the, like the economic stuff. There's all these little things um, like when uh, her mother talks about, like, did you, did you think we wanted to live in this house our whole lives? We expected we were going to move at some mm-hmm. point, you know, and, and you realize like, there's a whole other story there where, you know, that, that, that ties into the economics of, of their life that we don't see. Um, and, and I love those, those sort of little moments that indicate things, which is another piece of this movie that I think it is just a masterwork of editing mm-hmm. and, and editing in a couple ways. Cause when, when Gerwig first wrote this, this was a 350 page script, mm. which I don't even, I don't remember how to do the math, but the 350 page script is not yeah. a movie. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, so she had to edit that obviously down into what is a 95 minute movie. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the movie and how much of it is how short, uh, I don't even know if I'd use the word scenes, how short so many of the things are that happen where you're just getting just enough of a conversation, just enough of a moment to indicate the passage of time, to indicate an idea. And all of a sudden we now cut to something else. Yeah, yeah. It feels like we're walking into a conversation that's already going on. We sometimes leave before the conversation feels like it ends, but like we, she's showing us just the piece we need to see to move on, which show so much restraint because I, I assume they filmed more because oh, yeah. you don't you don't just film that part of the scene but i assume they filmed a lot more and, and like realized let's just show what you need yeah it's got almost uh almost an elliptical quality about it you know so for example it's really an interesting strategy that after she sees danny kissing in the bathroom stall right you don't get any 
You don't get any immediate fallout. She doesn't have a confrontation with him. You don't really know what's happening. He comes into the coffee shop at some point later, and then they won't, won't, don't talk to her. And and I thought that that does such a that that does such a good job of um, creating a sense of those emotions that you have without needing to use words to show it. In other words, I mean, it, it, it almost leaves her like literally speechless and unable to cope with what's just happened. And so you don't know what's happened. Have they not spoken to each other? Have they had a fight? I mean, so I just think that works beautifully. The other, the other element of editing in the film is... Um, I kind of lost, tra- I didn't keep good track of this, but the number of montages in the film, mm-hmm. um, there's a, you know, the one that stands out is the montage with the audition uh, for the, for Merrily We Roll Along. But then of course, at the end, the montage of her driving around Sacramento and seeing all those sites. And there's a number of other montages in, 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 in the middle. And I think that that again is, it, it kind of follows the principle of sometimes less is less is more. And, and it allows you to kind of fill in the, Fill in, it somehow makes you more participatory. It allows you to kind of fill in the gaps as you watch those images. Oh, there's also the uh, the montage of, she, of her and her mom uh, looking at all, going to all the open houses, looking yes. at the houses that they that they you know can't afford. So I think that's that's another really brilliant element of the editing of the film. Well, another thing that's ha- happening during those montages and during some of the scenes is we get without it being overly explicit, we get all these indicators of the passage of time in the year. And she does it in two ways, right? There is the passage of time in your senior year of high school. So like we don't see a buildup to what I assume is like the homecoming dance when they're dressed as cowboy, like, like like when it's like, there's no setup to that, but it's like, Oh, that feels about right. It feels like there should be a dance about here. Um, You know, we get all the first day of school stuff. We get all, we get that, that, indicators of time passing that way even graduation is just like a quick scene of her walking across the stage and then they're out to dinner yeah but then we also get the catholic calendar and the catholic this is such a good catholic school movie as a somebody who both attended and taught in a catholic school this is this does catholic school really well without hammering you over the head with it too much yeah um but but i mean you see things like oh it's ash wednesday they're getting this or when when they're taking communion at the beginning of the movie noticing ladybird doesn't take communion she has her arms crossed she'll do the blessing but not the communion um which makes it interesting that she circles back to church at the end we can talk about the ending later but um uh so 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 like she's at this catholic school and we know she's at the catholic school because of they don't her parents don't feel like she would be safe at the public school, but you don't get a sense of religion in their house necessarily, but you don't get a sense of not religion either. Like, like you don't, you don't know. Um, but, but I, I, so I loved, I loved those sort of the school rhythms and the sort of Catholic rhythms, uh, you know, cause you, you also get Christmas, you get these other things, which are, you know, indica- Thanksgiving the indicators of the, the passing of time through uh, throughout the year. And all of that is part of that editing and sometimes part of that montage stuff. Um, one of the things that I assume is really great in this movie, although it's not a, a, a subculture I was part of, um, is I love all of the stuff around the plays, mm-hmm. even though it's like, uh, I mean the, the second play, the, 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 the one scene they have with the, the football coach, um, uh, priest is that that's sort of the silliest part of the movie. Yeah. Although yeah. I do, uh, you know, I do know Catholic brothers who are football coaches. So like that actually was like as silly as it seems. It's like, well, there's a part of that that's not wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. 
but but I think the 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 first uh, for merrily we roll along um, that we see a little bit more of that and we see them doing sort of theater activities and uh, like uh, uh, like warm ups and you know mm-hmm. things like this and like like that stuff was so interesting to me and I I assume that stuff reads pretty correctly mm-hmm. again it's just not a world that I'm in but I sort of trust the movie because I really like those scenes I like watching them their guards are down because those, I think those um, exercises are meant to let your guard down a little bit or to, to have you get in touch with different parts of yourself. So we see the characters doing that in those moments. Yeah. I, t- I take that as, again, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a part of the film that's very kind of earnest and uh, deliberately. So, and I take it as maybe kind of Gerwig's homage to, uh, you know, she went to a Catholic school like that. And I assume it's kind of in her homage to, you know, what was really kind of a positive experience. Uh, and and Sondheim is a, that's a pretty ambitious uh, show to, to to mount. So, I yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed it. I, th- I think she was just taking pleasure in kind of um, immersing us in, in that particular subculture of high school, which is really important for a lot of people and probably was really important for her. An, an interesting side note, I was looking at... Um at some of the people in this movie and what they're doing next. Uh, do you know what, what Beanie Feldstein's next project is, is a movie version of merrily. We roll along. Oh, that's <laughs> so, interesting. So she's going from playing a character who's in the play to being in a movie version of it. Uh, should be, yeah. She, yeah. Was, uh, she was very good in book smart, by the way, if people, if you have if seen that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we talked a little bit about this, uh, but it's interesting. I think to think about the character of, um of lady bird because as you said like they she goes out of her way to i think because Sersha ronan has a kind of magnetism for me like i i, I kind of want i want to watch her and i'm it makes me on her side and they go out of her way to make her unlikable not only to her mother but it's interesting her relationship with julie mm-hmm. you pay attention like so many of the things her mother critiques her for about being kind of self-centered and myopic about things is like man, she's pretty awful to like, she's, she's loving to Julie, but there's also all these moments where she'll say things and you're like, that's mm-hmm. pretty like, like, like when they, when they audition for, for the play and the cast list is up and Julie says, I don't know how I got this, this part. And, and Lady Bird's response is, yeah, I don't know either. It's like, yeah. come on. <laughs> like, like that's, and, and, and she does that constantly to her, you know? So, so she, she does all of those things to, to, um, so sort of make her unlikable because she's so otherwise because this would be this would this movie wouldn't work if you totally were on Lady Bird's side. But but yeah, I do think right. it's interesting to watch that relationship with Julie as well. Yeah, they have that. You know, I mean, L- Lady Bird steps over the line, uh, you know, several times. Uh, certainly, the school assembly where they talk about the yes. abortion. I mean, boy, does she step over a line. And then, of course, when she and Julie have their their big argument um, after she's uh, Lady Bird has, has connected herself with Jenna and the quote cool kids, and she talks about her uh, J- Julie's mother, you know, having uh, having breast implants. And Julie says, you know, she made one mistake and labor says, no, she made two mistakes, you know, and but at the same time, it, it does capture the ability of high school kids to be really to be really cruel to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's uh, and yet somehow, you know, she and Julie do ultimately have, uh, you know, the, the deeper connection, as it turns out. 
we have to say that that scene also has two of the funniest lines in the in the movie um when first when she calls jenna a moron and and ladybird says she's in ap calculus and says well she's a moron in a deeper sense (laughs) (laughs) which which is very mean but it's also like actually that's that perfectly describes her that maybe she's an ap calc but she doesn't understand the world thing quite it also i i assume for you you have to love the great shakespeare joke of you got the role of the tempest there's no role (laughs) it's the titular role role. (laughs) i that i that i loved that that moment because that's actually a moment where julie is wrong (laughs) yes yes but 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 uh but yeah very funny um are there who are other? I mean, we haven't really talked about the other characters in this yeah. movie. There, I mean, who are the other characters that that uh, jump out to you? I mean, this is one thing we should say is this is a crazy good cast. You have, oh, yeah, you have Laurie Metcalf and Tracy Letts who are fantastic, but she managed to to like cherry pick all these people who are really on the rise. I mean. This is a really early role for Beanie Feldstein. Uh, Saoirse Ronan was already very established at this point. Wow. She already had multiple Oscar noms. She gets an Oscar nom for this. But to get Lucas Hedges and Timothy Chalamet, and it's just like, these are people who are just, be- and are still now are just becoming, yeah. you know, what they're going to be as actors. And she got them all in this movie, which is which is pretty amazing. Um, but I'm, I'm sort of curious who are, who are, who are characters that sort of jump out to you that you might want to talk about? Well, you know, you, you, you've mentioned, uh, Lucas Hedges and Timothy Chalamet and we can come back to them, but I want to say, uh, I love Lois Smith. Um, mm. Lo, you know, Lois Smith is, is the, the, the principal and, and, and the non, and, you know, she's one of those character actors that just shows up in a lot of things and you may not notice her, but I just think she's, she's wonderful in, in, in this film because, um, you know, maybe she's almost too good to be true, but I just, her conversations with Lady Bird, the conversation they have, and, you know, you've already mentioned where she tells Lady Bird, I, I can tell you really love Sacramento. Um, the way she deals with the, uh, what they've done to her van and uh, just married to, G- to Jesus. I mean, I just, I, she's, she's, she's great. And then the other, the other smaller role that I love, and I don't know the actor at all, Stephen Henderson. Uh, who plays the uh, the drama coach and then the, you know struggling with depression? Um, I mean those those roles are like these lovely little grace notes uh, in, in the film. So I really I really appreciated them. Well, I will say for both of those roles, they're part of what I meant by like this gets Catholic school right. This mm-hmm. especially gets Catholic school by the time you get to the nineties. Right. Um, I mean, this is a definitely a post-Vatican II Catholic school, um, which is what I which is what I I attended. Where um, I actually don't think that 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 uh, the Lois Smith character feels too good to be true. It's like that's actually my experience with teachers I had who were nuns. Like they were that type of person where they would be like, "I see something in you. I know you know." Because it's interesting is is a couple of times when she's meeting with Lady Bird, it's for a problem, right? Yes. People were disturbed by the posters or you vandalized our car, but it's like, okay, we're going to talk about that, but like, let's talk, but she pivots both of those to like being about something else, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and, and like that, those actually, both of those characters ring true to me in a kind of way um, about, about some of those folks. One of the characters, the really small characters that I, loved uh is shelly oh yes yes because she is literally in the shadows of the movie at the beginning like like when um 
when uh, Danny comes over for Thanksgiving, everybody introduces themselves and she's in the way background and she said, she says her name and he's like, what? And then, and you know, and, and she says, I'm Shelly. And he's like, Oh, hi. Like, like she's, it's like, she's not part of, she doesn't, she, she's struggling to feel part of the family. And then she has that great conversation with Ladybird later that night where she reveals this truth about Ladybird's mother. Um, you know, and and it's a it's a power. I mean, that that actress doesn't get a lot of lines in the movie, but you know, but she says like, you know, she's got a big heart. She took me in when my parents wouldn't. Yeah, um, yeah and yeah. you know, and that's 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 a that's a really big moment. And then she's you know, like, you can tell she wants to be liked by Lady Bird. She wants to be, you know, because that in that breakfast scene at the very beginning, they're all talking over each other. But Shelley says to Miguel, "Your sister doesn't like me." Mm. and you know and by the end you see that relationship grow and i love when um uh when the dad comes into ladybird's room for her birthday and he says well you're my only daughter and then he stops and says well i guess shelly too yeah. i mean which is which is both you could read that as a slight but you could also read that as he's like yeah. no she's my daughter too like like that's she is part of this family um so i i, I love the 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 little arc you get with that character even though you don't get to see much of her yeah, and I think that conversation, you're right, that's a really key conversation where she gives Lady Bird a different perspective on her mother. And it it pairs a little bit with Danny saying, your mother is warm and scary. And Lady Bird says, you can't be warm and scary. And Danny says, well, your, your, your mother is. And you can see there's a scene where Lady Bird says, my mother hates me. And there's a scene where she says, my mother, my mother loves me. So I just think that, you know, those characters help help hold that in, 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 in tension. Well, what's interesting is it not only pairs with that scene, but it's, it's one of those things where what Shelly gives her is language to talk about her mother, mm -hmm. because what Shelly says is your mother has a big heart. And then what she says to Danny is my mother has a big heart. Yeah, that's true. And it's, and it's like, and there is part of like, I remember having these moments in childhood where somebody would tell me something about one of my parents that I didn't know. And it not only planted that idea in me but it gave me a way to talk about them it's like i didn't know what to say i didn't know how to describe them and this person said it so plainly that it was like that is now the that is now the way that i think about my parent um and i find that really interesting i mean it's that, that 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 it's she picks up the exact turn of phrase and says this is who my mother is even though she struggles to like her mother at the same time right it's the love and it's the love and like thing um i love that scene with danny um uh where after i mean after they've broken up and there it's at the coffee shop and it goes and that's another one that goes from a fight yeah. to like oh wait this is not a moment to fight and she just embraces him and that actually reminds me of the scene uh after ladybird has sex the first time and her mother picks her up and mm -hmm. it feels like okay we're about ready for another fight in the car and Instead, it just becomes basically an embrace. And then they're like, let's go do this thing that makes us happy. And they, and she's like, she doesn't need to say anything about what happened. They're not going to fight about it. it. You know, but, but, but everything of the movie tells you this is set up for fireworks again between these yeah. two. And instead it becomes this beautiful little moment. And, and, yeah. And, and, it, and, it, and it's kind of necessary because again, it's, it's holding the, the tension of that relationship in that kind of tension. So there is this kind of um, this rhythm of, of fighting and then 
loving each other or fighting and then just doing something together with each other where you don't really even have to talk at all. So I think that that's, 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 you talked about the editing of the film. I think that's part of the editing or the, the emotional rhythm of the film, the way that works. And of course it, it happened. And it's interesting because you, because you could say it happens with multiple characters. It happens with the mother. It happens with Danny. It happens with Julie. Um, it, it's just, it just kind of captures that rhythm of, of Lady Bird's emotional life as well. Uh, Kyle is a perfectly, dr- I mean, he's a, t- a terrible character, but like that person exists. We've met that person. I'm thankful to not be that person, but, but, but like, like everything from the, like, they don't, they never mention it, but the, like the fact that he's reading Howard's in, and then you see Lady Bird in church reading Howard's in later, and you know all of his sort of uh, his sort of take on everything, but there's there's this this sort of veneer to it. Like I love the when he talks about you know I'm not really uh, I'm not really into money. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to live my life on barter. And she said, but doesn't Catholic school cost money? And he says, well the the diocese wasn't really into it. <laughs> but 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 he but he's just so like awful and dismissive to her. And I like when she says you know when she's sort of feeling emotional about, you know, losing her virginity. And, and he's like, do you have a, do you realize how many civilians we've killed in Iraq? And she says like, things can be sad for different reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not all war. And it's like, and and he is closed off in, in, you know, in those ways or makes himself that way. But even, but he's also the person who has the dad who's dying of cancer, yes. you know? So it's like, so he gets the, so she gives him this other piece. That's like, it does make you feel for him, even though he's, He's probably the one real big jerk in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which is, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the war because this is a film that is set, you know, just about a year after 9-11 and the war mm-hmm. is on and it's literally on the TV. It's in, it's, mm-hmm. it's in the background and it kind of captures that idea that, you know, there are these bigger things going on in America. There's these bigger things going on in, in the world. And yet, when you're 17 years old, those things are very much in the background. And yet maybe they're a little bit analogous to what she's going through at the same time. So it just it's just interesting that Gerwig chose that particular setting. Well, it reminds me of one of the first things Lady Bird says in the movie when they're in the car yeah. after the Grapes of Wrath is over. She says, I, I wish I could live through something, yeah. um, which, again, I would say that is that is a very... Uh, late Gen X, early millennial sentiment of like, because I remember in class, uh, uh, in history classes, G.W. Carlson would always ask us, like, he would always say, for your grandparents, the two defining events were um, World War II and the Great Depression. For your mm-hmm. parents, it was the Civil Rights Movement and the Vietnam War. What are the defining events of your generation? And we would sit and stare at him and be like, I, I don't know. Like, like mm-hmm. we could, we could, we could answer it, but they weren't real. They weren't like, actual meaningful things and there was this sense in the late 90s i mean 9-11 changed this because all of a sudden it felt like well there is something now that we're living that's what i find find interesting about her wanting to live through something when it's like actually you are now living through something you know Mm -hmm. i mean i would say arguably for my generation it becomes you know the war on terror and covid become these things Mm -hmm. that are like these are the things that are that that are sort of the things that that sort of changed the world in kinds of ways but but at that time it you it didn't feel like there was necessarily anything i feel like and that's sort of that little bit of um the end of history thing right it feels like oh maybe it's all done maybe there isn't (laughs) something to live through anymore 
Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the other characters that I really found interesting was Jenna. Yeah. Because in a typical teen movie, she is just the like queen bee villain person, right? right, right and right. you know, if this were Mean Girls, she's the um, <laughs> you know, I, um, I can't think of the name of the character, but yeah. But it, but Jenna actually is. She is the rich girl. She is somebody who you know probably has a not fully developed sense of the world either. But I love when when she shows up at Lady Bird's house and Lady Bird's explaining like why she told her she lived in the the house in the forties. Yeah, and she's like, I'm not. I don't even know why somebody would. I can't even imagine why somebody would lie about that. And Lady Bird says, well, it's not a lie. And Jenna says, no, it's a lie. You're a liar. Yeah, and I yeah. I love the moment when she calls her out on that. It's like that's right. Like Lady Bird can feel all the things she wants, but she lied. Right. And, and what's really interesting. And, and she does other things too, right? She steals the magazine and she, and she, and, and she lies. Um, and she has that confession scene where she admits, you know, I, I can be a bad person, but what's really interesting about that moment with Jen is first of all, you know, she may be a moron in other respects, but she does have a moral sensibility. And I think even more importantly, what you realize is that a lot of the, the shame that um, Lady Bird feels about her economic condition is her attributing a certain attitude to other people that they may not necessarily have. Mm-hmm. She's just assuming that they're going to be, you know, terrible snobs or or she's or she herself is feeling inadequate, but they're not putting that on her at all. Um, she doesn't seem to exactly have that that recognition, but I think as an audience, you do that just because somebody is rich doesn't necessarily mean they're snobs. Um, and so, yeah, Jen, Jenna really does kind of cut against the grain of that of that character at that point. Um, I want to talk about the end of this movie because uh, we're 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 getting close to uh to our time here. Um, I the I love the first time I rewatched this movie, which was which was uh, about a year ago. Um, so I'd seen it when it came out, and then about a year ago I watched it. I sort of forgot how much happens after yes after the end of the school year, and it's like it's too the the New York stuff is too long to be a coda to the movie. It's maybe too short to be an act of the movie. I don't know what it is, but it's like this extra little piece there. And what's it's so interesting because it's not um you don't see Lady Bird is now she has changed, but she has not fully developed or fully changed. Like like I love that in New York you see her as um, you know, she's still lying about where she came from. She says Sacramento and he's like, what? And he's like, Oh, San Francisco. Yeah. And she's like, let's, you know, but she also calls herself Christine, right? She, she, so, so that, and that, that's an indicator. And even the, the, like the build up to the driving to college, the scene where the mother, where um, Marion drops her off, but then drives away and lets the father take her to, you know, in. And, and so she's not going to, not going to say goodbye in the airport. And there's a great 9-11 reference there of like, well, you can't even walk up to the gates now anyhow, which was a very new thing then. And you see her drive off to to make the circle and realize like she has, Lady Bird's not there to see her have that realization. And then she does the rush back to the airport, which is the 1980s John Hughes cliche of like, we're going to run and meet at the gate. It's like the rom-com thing of like meeting and running to the airport to see them. And you get all of that, except she gets there and she's gone. And yeah. you don't get you Gerwig doesn't give you that moment there. We so Ladybird doesn't see that. She doesn't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. We know it, but she doesn't. And then you get 
in New York, you get the same thing where Lady Bird reads those letters. I love the misdirective. I I assume the first time I watch this that the mom is running figures to try to figure out how they're going to pay for this. And in reality, she's writing these letters mm-hmm. that she can't get right. So Lady Bird reads those letters. The mom never knows that those letters were delivered. Yeah. And then it ends with a phone message. So again, you get Lady Bird kind of opening her heart up. Well, so I should say one thing. We don't get to read the mom's letters. I love that there's not voiceover. We don't know what they say. Um, And then we get to hear Lady Bird leave a voicemail, but we don't get to see Marion hear that voicemail. So we get, we get all, we get the payoff of them coming to these realizations, but there's the restraint to say, I'm not going to give you that emotional moment when the two connect and embrace, like you're going to have to think about what that looks like because the world does not does not perfectly click into place like that. Yeah, that would be that would be too neat, too formulaic an ending. Uh, it, it it means that they're going to continue to struggle with their relationship from a somewhat different uh, different angle, right? Um, and I love the fact that the mother doesn't send the letters because she's afraid of being judged by Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. So you know, and 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 I think that's part of why Lady Bird comes to her realization that, you know, maybe in some ways I have been a really scary or difficult person for, for, for my mom. Um, I also love in the New York scene, in, in New York scene, I love the fact that she calls out her star, the star mm-hmm. that she and Danny uh, mentioned or her name rather. And the other thing I want to say is, you know, there is a very, there is a very kind of subtle um, spirituality to the film, right? That as you've already mentioned, she goes into the church you know, before she calls her mom, we don't see the church service, but she goes into the church and she has that really interesting line when she, as you, as you said, she goes back to calling herself Christine. And she says to the guy in New York, people will call each other by names their parents made up for them, but they won't believe in God. I mean, what an interesting connection to make. Mm-hmm. So it tells me there's something going on. And this is true to a certain extent of Gerwig herself. You know, there's something going on there that there's some kind of um, spiritual uh, sensitivity uh, operating behind uh, everything else that uh, that she does at the end. Well, I find it interesting because there is something about that age too, where uh, you know, I think in those college years, where there is this either draw or repulsion to church or spirituality because it's the first time for a lot of people when it becomes your choice right it becomes like she doesn't have to do that but when she's walking down the street and find and ask somebody what day of the week it is and they say it's sunday and there's this sense of like well maybe i'll do this and and it's it's interesting to think about like you know kind of where this goes now one of the things i find interesting about this movie uh and is that and i heard i read this in a couple reviews people talking about this is that Lady Bird's not exceptional. And I right. think that's kind of but that's not like Lady Bird is this great writer who needs to get out. Like, or Lady Bird, like she is, she's actually pretty normal, average, normal, whatever. She has pretty good ACT scores, not very good grades. See, we don't see, I mean, she doesn't get a big part in the play, and the play is not great. You know, and like anything she does is like it's fine, but that 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 this movie with the exception of this is semi-autobiographical. So unless we assume Lady Bird becomes Greta Gerwig, then she becomes exceptional. But we don't have to make that assumption because Lady Bird is not Greta Gerwig. This is just the story of a person. And it's not, uh, which which I saw some people critique as like, well, why should we care about this person? 
But to me, that makes it stronger to say like, oh, this is, you don't have to make a movie about exceptional people. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, this is, this is just a movie about a person. And the fact that it resonates with so many people tells you something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it when she's told when uh, the, the, uh, the, the principal tells her math is not your strong suit. And she says that we know of yet. Yes. Which <laughs> so, yes. so always that hope. Or, or the, the, the moment when uh, she says, you know, one of those East Coast schools like Yale, but not Yale, because I couldn't get in there. And the, the guidance counselor's response is to just laugh and say, like, yeah, you couldn't get in there. <laughs> so, um is there other things you want to talk about with this? Movie? I just got to mention just three one-liners. Um, or uh, the, the just one more element of her argument with her mother, right? When the mother talks about you know how 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 much it's cost to raise her, she says, "I'm going to get older and make a lot of money and write you a check and never speak to you again." And her mother says, "I doubt you'll get that good of a job, right?" <laughs> um, I I love it when she says says to Julie. Um, and she says, I, I think we're done with the learning part of high school. Yes. Uh, and then uh, and then finally, when she tries to deal with what's happened when she has sex for the first time, this is such a resonant line. She says, I just had a whole experience that was wrong. I mean, you know, what an interesting way to express how she's feeling about, you know, she thought something really emotionally meaningful for both of them was going on. And that's not what it was. I just I just think that's a brilliant way of describing that feeling. Yeah. Well, I will say it's so it's so interesting late like this movie fits in so well with some of the things we've been watching. But I will say one of the big differences between say Wanda and Vagabond in this is that and I thank you for this is like this is not a punishing movie to watch. Like like Vagabond and Wanda are great films, but there's a there's a degree of like especially when I would when I fired it up to watch a second time and take notes is like oof. All right, mm-hmm. we're going to do this where mm-hmm. I watched Lady Bird three times this week because I'm like, well, if we're going to talk about it, I just kind of want to watch it again. Um, so this, so it, it is it is nice to, to every once in a while dig into something that is thoughtful, but also like like very funny and very, yeah. very like kind of compulsively watchable. So yeah. I, I really I appreciated the change I, of I pace with that. <laughs> all right so what do you have for us for next week barry well I, I okay i i don't think our next film is punishing to watch i think it's a little bit a little bit more work than than lady bird and it's a uh it's kind of the last film in the series on women directors at least for now uh it's called daughters of the dust uh from 1991 um uh a film i've only become recently aware of but it, i think it's i think it's got a lot of interesting uh a lot of interesting stuff to talk about so Fantastic. I will talk about this next week, but I watched this movie in graduate school. It's been a long time, so I don't really remember it very well. So I'm really, I'm really excited to, uh, to revisit this. Well, Barrett, thank you so much for, um, for recommending this film, for having this conversation, for watching 150 movies with me so far. We're, (laughs) we're starting our, our fourth 50 right now with daughters of the dust so thank you so much uh for all of that that is all the time that we have but we'll be back next week to talk about daughters of the dust in the video store 